Well, I wonder how, how do you normally uh, conclude your, uh, your letters, your emails? Uh, how would you close a letter which has so much, uh, so many rich things um, that, that the Apostle Paul has mentioned in, in this letter? Um, but he concludes it with this greeting, with this salutation, with this word of grace and benediction. And I want us to think uh, a little about this. He, he um, has, uh, in, in this greeting, he has actually four salutations, uh, and then there is one grace or benediction. And I want us to think about this. He says, salute every saint in Christ Jesus, or greet every saint in Christ Jesus. Their brethren which are with me salute you. All the saints salute you, chiefly as, uh, or especially they that are of Caesar's household. There are actually four salutations there. Let's just think about that. And that teaches us something about what, what we are doing right now, the importance of communion of the saints through life and ministry. Uh, he says there, <clears throat> greet every saint in Christ Jesus. In other words, the Apostle Paul is wanting to extend his personal greeting, not simply to the congregation at large, but individually to he says, every saint, every one of you, uh, I am greeting in, in Christ Jesus. Um, and that, that is important. It means that for, for him, every one of the Lord's uh, blood-bought people are important. It's not a general uh, salutation or greeting. And, um, and then he extends this greeting from the brothers who are with him. Um, and... And, and this uh, is, is very touching, I think, um, because when you think about other things that he has said, uh, he, he tells us that not, not everybody was with him. Not everyone was cooperating with him. Earlier in the letter in Philippians 2, verse uh, 21, he, he says that uh, everyone had left him. Uh, he uh, really, um, uh, many had deserted him. He said, for all seek their own, not the things uh, which are Jesus Christ's. And, um, and, and he says that there are people who didn't cooperate with him, but then there were those who did. There were the handful of people, there were the Timothys and the, there were the Epaphroditus and so on who were with him. And so he, he includes them. Uh, and, and all of this is showing us that the fellowship of the saints is so essential in the Christian life. We cannot be alone. We cannot function alone. And um, we cannot even uh, be, be satisfied with simply when we, uh, when we sit at home, at times it is, it is needful. Sometimes because of health, because of age, because of various limitations, we cannot attend a place of worship. And the next best thing is, is to to hear the word of God from, from other means, technology and so on. Uh, but how we need that fellowship, face-to-face -face fellowship. John wrote in his letter, I'm not quoting it properly now, but he said that there are other things that he wants to write to them, but he will not because he wants to speak to them face-to-face. -face. There are some things that we can only share together and communicate together the grace of God face-to-face. -face. And... Um, and, and that's, that is something to be encouraged by. And then he says, all the saints salute you. 
In other words, there is a church-wide message of greeting that comes from all the Roman Christians to the Christians in the church at Philippi. Uh, now, uh, think about these things, friends. Uh, think about the essential part of communion of the saints, this relationship that not just individuals have, not just uh, autonomous independent churches have, not just denominations have, but the Lord's people have this fraternal bond together. And um, we are united uh, together. Just here now, there, there are many of us here, different countries. We have, there are many things we don't share with one another. Skin color, hair color, eye color, height, age, weight, accents, jobs and skills and interests. These, we don't share uh, everything with one another. But he wants us to focus on those things that unite us together because of the gospel. He wants us to, to think, uh, as it were, as congregations of the saints, that we are part of one. He wants us to think, if there is not such a word like this, but Christianly. Uh, that's how he wants us to think about. And to relate uh, to those who are not, not with us, to relate to people outside of our congregations. And this is why this kind of a meeting is such a has been such a wonderful provisions a provision from the Lord. So so think about that, friends. Another thing. So he gives these greetings. But something else that we learn here is the power of God's gospel for conversion uh, in places that you never would have thought. There's a reason why. He, he, he says in verse 22, and he brings this. He says, all the saints salute you. And then he says, chiefly, they that are of Caesar's household. He has stored this information up right at the end. Um, uh, you, see, you see what had happened. Paul is writing from prison. And, and the Philippian church, they, they had... Um, thought that here was their main man. Here was the man who was an apostle. He was sent of God and they were supporting him. They had given sacrificially and something happens. He's bound up in chains in prison. So what is going to happen for the work of God? What, what, how will the church um, in Rome, where, where we believe that's where, from where the apostle Paul wrote this letter, um, how is it going to function? How will it grow? Where will um, will this affect the, the the preaching of the gospel? And the apostle Paul um, ends with this uh, to encourage them and to show that actually his, as he says in the first chapter, that the very fact that he has been in prison it has resulted in uh, even those who didn't agree with him to go and preach more. It has resulted in the furtherance of the gospel, he says. He said, but I would, ye should understand, in chapter 1, verse 12, uh, he says, but I would, ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. He says, look, don't, don't think that the gospel has been stopped because I'm in prison. The gospel is going um, right ahead, even though I'm in prison. God is answering prayer. We are praying. We are pleading with God. God is answering prayer. And the gospel goes forth. Uh, and because of what has happened to me in serving the gospel. And, and you would think if God's people, I've said this before, 
if ministers of the gospel whom God has called uh, to, to preach and to teach, what would happen if they are all bound up in chains? Would you think that, that the gospel will not go on? But actually, the Apostle Paul has said in his situation, it has, it, uh, that the things which have happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Um, God's thoughts are not like our thoughts. And, um, and so he says there, <clears throat> uh, he says, all the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar, Caesar's household. All the saints here in Rome, they are greeting you, especially those in this household of Nero, who, who is Caesar. Uh, now, now, do you realize what Paul is saying there? Uh, <clears throat> he is saying, Philippians, just what you, uh, uh, this is something I want you to know. There are Christians now in the emperor's household, in this mad, lunatic, wicked man's household, there are now Christians. And uh, even Jerome says that, uh, the, the historian and the translator, he, he says that, uh, that uh, he believed that Nero's wife became a Christian. Uh, it, it's it's um, something for us to investigate. But he's saying to these Christians, uh, the things you never expected has happened. As an answer to prayer, God has sovereignly been working. He, he, he is not sitting doing nothing. He's not waiting on us. Um, and, um, and you think about the way the church grew. Uh, this is this is just 30 years after Christ's crucifixion. There has been this marginal, persecuted minority sect. It, it, it has now converts in the household of the very emperor of the Roman Empire, and and it's only 30 years after Christ's crucifixion. And later on, just a hundred years later, Christianity had flooded the whole of the Roman Empire. Um, and, and throughout, it had reached China um, in the second century. This, this is amazing. It had, it had arrived in, in Great Britain um, at, at, in those days. Um, in, in AD 197, and I'll quote this to you, I thought this was very helpful, by Tertullian. Uh, the, the, uh, he says this in a letter to, um, to Roman citizens. He says this. We are but of yesterday. Um, th that means we Christians, we have only been around just a little while. We, we, were, we only arrived yesterday. But he says, but we have filled your empire, your cities, your islands, your forts, your towns, your marketplaces, your very military camps and wards and companies and palace and senate and forum. All of these swarm with Christians. We have left nothing to you but the temples of your gods. They are the only places that you can name in your empire where there is not, there are not Christians. Do you see what, what he's saying? And you think, you think our day is bad. They were burning Christians, and yet the church grew. Uh, they were imprisoning the apostles, and yet the church grew. Let our, our, and this is what we are about here. This is why we have meetings like this, gatherings like this. And this is why the local church prayer meetings are so essential as well. God answers prayer. 
uh, didn't the Lord Jesus Christ pray the prayer that those that are not of this fold, the Lord would add uh, Christ's prayers are being answered. And, um, and, and, and you think, you look at our world today, the Western world, how heartbroken we are. Uh, we, we hear news every day and it's something new, something more awful. You, you thought it can't get any worse than this. And, and even worse thing happens. Something we couldn't even imagine uh, happens. And, and yet think about it. They can, uh, with this cancel culture, they can cancel us. They can throw us off all kinds of platforms. And, and it's, a, it's an encouragement to, to Stephen Lee. They, they, can, they can do anything they want with you uh, and, uh, and destroy our reputation and um, destroy every avenue that you think. Uh, and you think, well, what are we going to do? Do you think God is on his throne, wringing his hand and wondering, I hope I am not being disrespectful, but wringing his hand, wondering, what am I going to do with this church? How will the gospel go forth? Th that is near blasphemy if we think like that. Uh, no, the kingdom of Christ uh, is continuing to grow. And, um, and, and praise God, we are part of that. And we are... Uh, the Lord in his sovereignty, he has chosen that he would answer prayer. Um, and he will answer the prayer of these weak people, these uh, uh, people whose faith is so small, uh, who oftentimes are confused or oftentimes in trouble, uh, who are riddled with pain. Their, their homes are riddled with heartaches. They shed tears. Oftentimes we don't know what to say. We don't have the answers. At times we are confused. We are going through dark times. And yet we come together and God hears our prayers. The almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth, hears us. This is, this is so humbling and it is amazing to think. <clears throat> and, and so the nearest of this world, the Bidens of this world, the Boris Johnsons of this world, uh, the Ayatollahs of this world, they are not in power. Uh, there, there is the Almighty God who is upon his throne. Um, but you see all around us, I, I look at UK, I look at the Western world in moral darkness, in, in our government, in every sphere of, of society. England has become worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, <clears throat> And, um, and and Christians can can become very discouraged, and we can we can go into our little holes, and we can become uh, and we are alarmed, and we all we talk about is the bad things and the sad things that happens instead of talking about the kingdom of Christ, and instead of praying, uh, you see, friends, it, it matters not in comparison to the invincibility of the converting power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Holy Spirit. He's able to go into the darkest places and bring sinners to himself and build up the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, let us uh, be of good cheer. He has overcome the world. Christ has overcome the world. Uh, it doesn't matter what is happening to our society. The gospel is still the power of God unto salvation for them that believe. And, and God can change anybody, anywhere, anytime. He's sovereign. Um, the problem that we have is this. Uh, and, and I've said this before. Persecution has never 
ever uh, destroyed the church, but error has. Uh, persecution hasn't destroyed the church, but lethargy in the church and carelessness has. And this is the problem we have with the Western Christianity. Uh, I call it a pyjama Christianities. We, we sit in our pyjamas and we are sleeping. We are, we are daydreaming. We are dozing. We are living on past blessings and living on uh, the, the work of God that he has done in the past. And that is not enough. Uh, we can't be pyjama Christians, if I could use that term. Um, uh, but we, 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 this is what we are about. This, this seeking God, calling upon God. We are wrestling with the Almighty. Um, and um, so we, you can be encouraged. You're, you're praying for those family members who you think it is impossible for them to, to repent. They are so far away. They are not in any Christian sphere right now. They, they are so lost. And you think about individuals who are, uh, are uh, just at this moment in time, uh, you think of people in, in the places of parliament and government, uh, and how will God reach them? I don't know. How did God reach uh, those individuals in Caesar's household? Paul was bound up. How did that happen? Uh, God has his own ways. Um, and then what he does in closing, he pronounces this blessing. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen, he says. He, he uses this kind of language uh, uh, throughout his epistles. Um, and the reason is because he's emphasizing this. Uh, we need grace. In every situation, we need grace. By grace are you saved through faith and not, not that, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. Um, and if we are going to see our weakness today, if we are going to see our sin and for it to be dealt with, we need God's grace. Um, and we, we don't just need grace to be converted. We need grace in order to live the Christian life. It is from beginning to end. We need God's grace. And, and maybe you, you need grace today to endure the, the sins of others towards you. Perhaps you need grace for, uh, to face the trial that God has called you to, to, to bear. Perhaps you need grace because of the circumstances in your marriage, in your family, in your vocation. Uh, where are you going to get that grace? Only from God. And where is that? At the throne of grace. That's where you get it. So be encouraged. Um, the Lord is upon the throne and he's doing things in places that uh, we can only imagine and only eternity will tell. Only eternity will tell uh, how he has answered our prayers. Our prayers can be vague uh, many times. They can be specific. Um, and yet God is performing his own will. Uh, he's, he is the one who is presiding in our prayer meeting right now. It's not us. No, none of us are in control. The Lord is in control and he is working. He's hearing your prayers where two or three are gathered together in his name. There he is. So uh, be encouraged, friends, and, um, and the, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen.